Yeah. Yeah. We'll record. Okay, cool. Well, welcome everyone. This is awesome. Glad to have you here. Um, my name's John, if you didn't know. I think uh, maybe we should just go around again and say, I know we did it a couple times already, but who's who and where you're from and why you're here. That would be a good start. I'll start with Steph. A little bit I was out of the gutter before that already. <laughs> that was way before. Gold Coast. Are these two aircons doing anything? Should I turn them on? Should I close this to back doors? Yeah, maybe. My wife works at a manual one. She said today they have to have the doors open, but it's so humid from the storm. Oh, yeah. In yeah. The next few days. And she said the doors were open, the teachers all had the aircons like as low as they would go, and then yep. the power would cut out. Oh. Already, I like, wasn't doing enough. Nah. She said it was a nightmare. One hour oh. sweat. And where does she work, Josh? Emmanuel. The, the school. Oh. All right. Well, we might just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Okay. I'm Josh. Um. <laughs> maybe just what? what <laughs> maybe just why you're here. I'm just coming Short. back. Short. <laughs> oh, I'm not coming back. I'm. Oh, I. No, it's okay. No. Sorry. I was raised in a different sort of denomination church, which is not like Christian, so it was more sort of you pretending or you have to sort of act like it. It's very strict. Um, so around in my early 20s, left that. That was 
like sin, repent, repeat. But um, my wife and my son went, she's from Eastern Europe, so they went back for the whole school holidays. So I was at home by myself and um, I was working pretty hard. So I was pretty stressed out. So I took a bit of time off and just, um, yeah, towards the end of it, they were about to come back and I just thought, I've had time off, but you just sits back and I've done the prayers and things myself, but it's sort of the forsaking, gathering yourselves together part. I've been out by myself for a long time. I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, yeah, I sort of got used to it, but you need to sort of associate with other people. Mm. Okay. Well, great to have you. Okay. It's good. Good, good. Yeah. Sweet. Trying to learn as much as possible. Yeah. All right. Good. Wow. <laughs> I'm Maureen, and um, we've been coming here for about four years. We moved here from Glen Innes four years ago, okay. and uh, God brought us here too. That was just a miracle in itself that we are absolutely here. But we love this church. Jim and Denise, we just are mm. so special. And uh, looking forward to getting to know you two guys as well. Mm. And I brought my neighbour Anne along. We were having a little Bible study in our home mm. with a retired Baptist minister, but they've now sold up and moved to Toowoomba. Okay. So we thought, well, we'll come tonight and have a look and see what's going on. And look, we've never learned too much. So mm. that's why we're here. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm Helen. Uh, we moved here about years ago. I don't know, time flies. Yeah. Um, I find it extremely difficult. Most of my friends are non-Christian. My husband mm. is very much non-Christian. So my walk is um, quite divided, I suppose. I'm on a challenge, I feel quite gotcha. Um I was going to see through here at Catherine before we came down here for a couple of years. We thought that we were both original. We're in a second relationship, both of us. Um, so Paul's um, ex-army for lots of years, so he's very black and white and, you know, that's yeah. that. Um, he wasn't stopped me from coming along, you know, so I thought he didn't go and I'd probably stay home and be a dutiful wife, but he doesn't. He says, you're going, you're going. So for me, <laughs> it's, it's a daily challenge and I find that really hard, especially on a Sunday yeah. when I leave here and I go home, I feel like I'm walking into a divided house. 
So mm. I just really want to get a lot more strength and clarity for me yeah, and to okay. have that to be able to try and widen those doors and, and to, to learn a lot more. Um, being a Christian, I always thought I was Christian, brought up in a sort of Christian home, but never went to church regularly. I yep. Sunday school, um, married someone who I had to get to go along to church for six weeks, which he grudged. Why do we have to do this before we get married? Um, back in those days, I had to do that. I don't know if we have to still do that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my, my, my mum was my um, sort of soulmate when it comes to God and, and, you know, doing that walk in life. We were quite regularly just took off and go to church. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I was at C3 at Kingscliff that I met a beautiful lady, which mm. then reintroduced me to the Lord and mm. you know, I found myself again. And down here, I went to C3 here first, um, and then I, where we live, which is just down here, it's the over 55s, um, there was a couple of people coming along here, and they said, why don't you come along here, and I walked in through the doors, and I went, wow, this is where I'm meant to be, nice. this is God calling me here, to this church, so, um, I know that with Life Church, I think Tanya was here for a little bit, I think Tanya's gone up to you now, I'm not sure, So are we, we got a baby. Oh, I know, and I know you guys have got work and family and stuff. I remember those times. But now it's a flip coin and yeah. it's like... Yeah. So if I happen to be doing that, just kick me yeah. or something. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Anne and um, I've been in this area most of the time. Lived at Byron Bay for a while and then this war and then come to Balmer. Um, but I was uh, went to Brisbane nursing for four years. Kept yeah. that up as long as I could until I had my family. Yeah. And then my husband was a butcher, so I got working in the butcher shop, didn't I? With all these five young <laughs> kids around me. Five and six years I had, so you be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I was read, uh, I was brought up as, uh, in the Catholic Church. Okay. So I've got strong Christian beliefs, yeah. but I just think any Christian church is just beautiful, yeah. and everyone's worshiping the same person yes so it's nice to um, you you know we, the catholic church yes we go along to mass every sunday but it can get humdrum yeah like a ritual yes sort of thing. Think, oh yeah. better go better go yeah. but um i go some yeah most of the times i really enjoy it but sometimes oh. I think, oh, you know that's it. but uh, no i'm just willing to learn anything awesome yeah. you know and Great. i'm so lucky to be near maureen has brought, us, brought me along here <laughs> yeah.
came to this church about probably over a year ago. Oh. I have I've, there's been no stone left unturned for me on my search. I've been a bit of a lost soul in my life, and you know I sort of feel like I've just been trying to find an answer. No, it isn't all of it. I'm still trying to find it. <laughs> um, there is. There, I was going to say there is an answer. Um, <laughs> you've come a long way, darling, since you first came here. Yeah. Atheist yeah. family and uh, Buddhism worked in different places. Really explored non-duality and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, I walked into this church, loved the worship, and now I'm in the worship team. Yes. It's the best thing ever. I love it. Yes. It's so fun. And, and next you'll be kicking Ben off. Such a such a great worship team. Yeah, so, we're so uh, blessed. It's like my heart knows my heart, because when I'm up there singing, it's like this, that's my heart, you know, mm. and um, gets ahead of the problem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love what John said in the, uh, when he was talking about, you know, being free, he said, I don't feel free, I feel really good, so I'm mm. just finding that. Mm. And, you know, just mm. the whole concept of sin and repentance mm. and everything. Oh, this oh, is Angel. Angel. She goes everywhere with Sharon. Yeah. I've seen her on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> She's, um, she speaks her. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will always ask Angel her. But she was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. Mascot. Mascot. Julie? Minnie? Minnie. Secret? Secret? Sorry, Yes. No. I will get into that very, very shortly. Okay. But I'm very excited. First of all, I just want to tell you, I am incredibly privileged to be here and to have anyone listen to what I have to say. I feel so blessed for that. Uh, so thank you for coming. I know. Can I start? So this works for all the. Yes. Yeah. It's already down as fast as it can go, I think. Yeah, those two aren't on. Okay. Um, where is that going? Yeah. So I know that you guys are here to learn and to grow, and you have expectations or uh, a specific reason why you're here, and you want to be here. All these empty chairs, they didn't want to be here whatever the reason. So I know you guys are here on purpose. It's not by chance. Not by chance you've seen that post and all of a sudden you're here. Like this is, God does things on purpose all the time. It's never just nonchalant. Oh, whatever. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, I hope everyone's got a Bible. Yes. Or at least a Bible on your phone or something. I read through a handful of different translations. I'll tell you what they are. I'm always digital Bible, so you'll get the just bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just while we're on that, I didn't even, wasn't planning on saying this, but right away, if you want to go to Proverbs 16... To the last verse. 
Proverbs 16. Verse 33. In the the Amplified Classic Version, it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is holy of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. That's Proverbs 16, verse 33. In the Old Testament, Sharon, you... In the end, too, if you yeah. want, I can share my notes. Yeah. If anyone yeah. wants them. Yeah, you should. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just for that reason, I was saying, like, God's got you here on purpose. It says even the events that seem accidental are ordered by him. The good things. John 10.10 says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. So there we know the purpose of each. If If something is being robbed, dying, destroying in your life, that's not God. That's the other guy. Life is this way with Jesus. So that's, uh, that's something we have to figure out in our minds, okay? God is the good guy. He's always the good guy. And that stuff that happens in our life that distracts us from knowing him and the truth is, is not him. So there's an opposition there. But anyways, I didn't, wasn't even thinking about talking about that. But uh, what I want to talk about, so this course is called Foundations, right? So I think the first thing that we should talk about is salvation. Being saved, being born again, of all types of ways of saying it. And I want this to be also very interactive. If you've got something to say, if something's burning on your heart, just just interrupt, talk, ask questions. I'm totally 100% okay with that. Um, In Hosea... Chapter 4, verse 6. It says, My people are being destroyed because, of, because they don't know me. Other translations say that for the lack of knowledge, my people are destroyed. Right? Mm-hmm. So, if we don't want to be destroyed, what do you think we should do? Get knowledge. Get knowledge, right? It's very simple. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. The difference I came up with was the tree of knowledge was becoming the arbiter of truth yourself. <laughs> Adam and Eve, they ate that, that tree, mm-hmm. the fruit of that tree, and they said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide what's good and what's not good. I'm going to take this. Instead of trusting God who says what's good or not good, they became a god to themselves. And then all of a sudden, they recognize, oh, and then shame, yep. sin. <laughs> Just then it kept rolling, and then that kept going. That's how that all started from the beginning. Man, that serpent. 
Um, and the the purpose of what can you just I don't know throw out what we think what is salvation what's the purpose of what Jesus did like why why did he do that for us there's no wrong answers because he loves us yeah it's good anyone anyone else religion that doesn't have him is relying on works that cannot be accomplished that's good it's not on works okay yeah that's part of it for sure yes That's all right. Um, Oh, we'll get back to you. If if you think of it, just, yeah, just. um, If you want to turn to Romans 12, verse 1, I'm going to read Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And this part especially I want to emphasize. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That alone there, okay? His purpose has come to transform us. When you, when Jesus comes into your life, when you die to who you were, something happens that you couldn't do before you did that. It's, first of all, your spirit is new he didn't fix your old one he gave you a new spirit you're totally new all of a sudden you're all these things instantly and you didn't deserve it deserving never comes into it you didn't even know what it was you might get it right then you might get it years down the track but it happened in that moment you became God's son or daughter you are right before God he sees you as holy and blameless and without a single fault instantly right away because of what Jesus did doesn't matter how good we were or how bad we were we did not get our way to there even though we had to do something which is believe and we don't know what to believe until we know what God says. Okay? <laughs> so just, yeah. 
So this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This thing here, your mind, if we, if we can't get a grasp of that, we'll be, we'll be struggling all the time because there's, I, think I shared it a couple weeks ago when I was preaching, like the enemy, I always do this, okay? That's I always do this thing. This is a snake, right? Coming out of the tree. Did God really say? That's all he says all the time, all the time. The enemy is always after God's word. He's not necessarily after me personally, even though he hates me and wants me dead and all that stuff too. He's after God's word that you would believe him over God's word. For example, God says that, that you're righteous. You're, you're right before God. And then he's like, are you really right before God? You, but you had this bad thought the other day. But, okay, tell me this, okay? Um, before you knew Jesus, uh, you did bad things, right? Did you feel bad then that you did those things? Anything? Like when you sinned, when you lied, when you cheated, when you did whatever. When I was in that life, I loved it, and I bragged about it. And that was my trophy, like... I can do this, I can manipulate people, I can take advantage of people, I can do whatever. But now that I'm saved, if I do those things, like, ooh, I, oh, that feels bad. And then I'm like, God, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I don't want to do this again, help me, help me. Regardless of how that looks, that proves that you've changed. You are a different person because your motive is different. The whole book god's whole word is motive if your motive is good your eye will be good you will see good you will walk good you will talk good you will you will be what jesus says we can be but it all starts of knowing that okay when this thought comes in my head that says oh you're you're still a sinner you're not even saved you're you're dumb You'll never get that job. You'll never get that boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or house or a thing that you dream of or or whatever. That's not you anymore. I struggled for a while. I always thought it was, okay, there's my voice, there's God's voice, and the devil's voice. Now I see the more I'm in God's word and know God's word, we are like this. We're... The Bible says that we are one with Jesus. He is in me and I am in him. When we get saved, when we give ourselves to God, the Holy Spirit gives us a new spirit and God comes and lives inside of us. So that's one voice. And then we got the bad guy. So my motive, my thought process, however it sounds in my head, if it's not what God says, it's the bad guy. Because I'm wanting to do what God wants. And if I don't do it, I feel bad. Which proves to me that I'm, I'm not that old guy. That guy's dead. It's really, really good. <laughs> it, that's the transforming of your mind. That's where it starts. Okay? 
And I just shared this scripture with you before, John 8, 31. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. So it's very good to recognize that part. He's talking to people who believed in him. You are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it's the truth that you know that sets you free. It's not the truth that you've heard. It's the truth that you know. You know that you know that you will give anything and everything for it. Then you know that you know that. People ask, when do you know that you know? If you don't know, you're not there. <laughs> like, that's, that's the only way that I can explain it. Like, doing this, getting in God's word, wanting to know more, and actually doing it. Christianity is not a, a what do you call it, a spectator sport. You're not going to become what God says you you already are but you won't see the fruits of what God says you are until you get in you can't just sit in a in a chair on Sunday and go home and live your life and do your life the way you want you have to when when the Bible says something like love your neighbor and that's anyone okay I have to actually go and show love to somebody that shows that you know not that you have knowledge because the Bible says that knowledge can puff you up. If you just have so much of God's word, so much of God's word, and you're never putting legs to what God says, then after a while, you're going to be reading your word and be like, this doesn't look like me. I'm not, I'm not experiencing what God says that I can do, but I'm doing it all, but, I'm, but we're not doing it. We're just getting information. We have to be loving. God says, love, love. God says, like, love is it. Like, that's the only thing. Everything else in the whole word of God is in that, in that phrase. And that's a big topic, too, which is super simple. <laughs> we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that a little bit before I get into my story. So I am... How old am I now? 37 years old. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> when I was younger, when I was living in Canada, I, how far back do I go? Um, <laughs> so I'll go back to when I was in high school. I, my parents were, were Christian and no one else in my family was Christian. And we had this, really big family a really big family both my parents and me too were we grew up as Mennonites I don't know if you don't expect you to know what that means it's kind of like Amish if you know Amish so a lot of rules do this do that and just some some stuff you just shake your head at like why why do we do that and no one would tell you a lot of th things were sins that were crazy. Like, for example, like my parents, they, were, they lived in Mexico when they were younger. And they had tractors in the farms, and they had tractors with metal tires, right? Just metal tires. 
And then the new tractors come, and they had rubber tires. And you weren't allowed to get rubber tires. That was a sin. Like, what? Like, and then eventually it got, it got uh, normal, and then it wasn't sin anymore. So weird stuff, okay? So anyways, that was kind of my upbringing, and we went to this uh, Mennonite church. Uh, it was very, very religious. I never learned anything there, only because... They didn't even speak English. They spoke high German, which was normal German in Germany. And I, my parents spoke that German, but they taught us a different dialect of German. So that was, God was confusing. <laughs> okay. Very confusing. And anyways, I was going through my, my teen years and, and just, uh, yeah, trying to find my way, trying to get... Uh, a group of friends, trying to fit in, trying to do what I could do to find a girl, all this stuff. And I started realizing, like, my life is not going anywhere. It's very lonely. And anyways, I remember going on the bus, on the bus going to, going to high school, and, and I was just talking to God. My parents taught us to pray. We prayed every night. I remember easily, vividly, I can see it right now, all the time, my parents, when I was young, really young, uh, in their bedroom, uh, when they're going to bed, they had their door open, they're on their face, uh, on their knees, in their bed, praying for us, out loud, so we could all hear it, and we're walking by, and mom and dad are just awesome. And anyways, I'm praying in, in this bus, my like, God, our if you're real, you have to show yourself to me. Or else, I was, at that time, I was probably like 16, 17, and I was going out to the clubs every weekend and whenever I could, and just drinking, doing drugs, doing everything that I could do to please myself. And so I said, God, if you, you gotta make yourself real. Um, you have to do something that I wouldn't believe or whatever. So I said, there was this big field, and there was one tree in the middle. And I said, God, you got to make that tree disappear if you're real. <laughs> That's what I said. And it was like, I forget what day it was, early in the, early in the week. And the next, next day, I'm coming back to look at this tree. And guess what happened? It's still there. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, God, I'll give you one more chance. And the next day, I went back, still there said, okay, God, I'll give you one more chance. Went back, still there. I'll give you one more chance. And I did that till Thursday. And, and then I, I became serious in that moment. I'm like, okay, God, this is, this is it. The next, it's the weekend, the next, next day. If you don't do this, then I know you're not real because then I must be crazy. I'm just talking to myself and there's no God. There's no purpose to living. I'm like, I'm going all out this weekend, and I'm never coming back to you. I went back that the Friday the next day, the tree was gone. I'm telling you, there was no stump there, no drag marks. It was just a flat, flat field. And I, was, I remember just looking at that and just like... <laughs> never told anyone about that hey, for... <laughs> It was the right field. It was the right field. 
And uh, I never told anyone about that for years. Wow. That didn't lead me to Jesus. That only made sure that I didn't go off the deep end. After that, I... Oh, it must have been a year later. And so I'm like, okay, God's real, but I don't know anything about him. Church we're going to, all this stuff, can't hear, can't understand, doesn't matter. God's real, let's live our life. That's how I went. And then uh, my cousin came back from Australia. He was in Australia, and he did a school with YWAM. If you've heard about it, Youth with a Mission. They're all over the world, Christian missionary schools. And he, I knew my cousin as this, uh, my drug dealer cousin who showed me his pornographic magazines and long hair down to here. And yeah, I was, yeah, habitual drug user, like cool kid, right? <laughs> and anyways, he came and I hadn't seen him for years. He was traveling, Australia did whatever. And we had this big family gathering, so we rented this big hall, probably the size of this church, for our family, which was, I don't know how many people with the kids, probably 150 people, <laughs> like crazy amount of people. And, and he was really late, and most everyone was gone already. I wanted to, wanted to wait to see him there, and he came, and he started telling me about the, his story. But uh, he, went, he went to Australia to travel, and he met this girl, right before he was coming back to Canada and she, he was in Vancouver and, and his friend told him, oh, you got to talk to this girl, Will, and you're, you're in Vancouver. He's like, okay, sure. And so he met this girl and first thing she did, they were in this restaurant and she handed him a Bible right away, first thing. He's like, oh, okay. All right, that's, okay, that's fine. And then uh, she started telling him about her story, about her sister. She got healed from this incurable disease and telling her all these miracles that God was doing. And he's just like, whoa, this is crazy. I got to get up and go for a walk. And he got up out of his booth or chair, wherever he was, and God just hit him. Just He hit the ground in this restaurant, spoke in tongues uncontrollably, was just going crazy. <laughs> this girl and her brother that were there grabbed him, literally like dragged him out of the, ho- out of the restaurant. And we were just praising God. And he said, in that moment, he... He was delivered completely from all his drug addictions. He spoke in tongues. They, he, they led him to the Lord right there. And, yeah, from that day, he's never gone back. And then he went, this girl was the leader of the YWAM base that I went to. So then my cousin went there, and then that's why I, I came to Australia. So he told me this, and I'm like, this is crazy. All I remember from going to church anywhere is... We go to this building on Sunday, someone talks, nothing changes, and I go home. And then we have to do it again. And when we were younger, we hated it. Me and my brothers, we hid underneath vehicles in the parking lot so we didn't have to go. They knew we were there. Our parents were there. And the Sunday school teachers were walking around, screaming our names. Like, no way, we don't want to go in there. So this was like, whoa, God can actually do something? Like, and then, anyways, that night, it was Christmas Day. Chris, yeah, Christmas night. Around 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, something like that. I was just in my bed, and I said to God, I'm like, God, my life sucks. That's how I could interpret it. God, my life sucks. Give me yours. That's what I said. I went to bed. I had this dream. 
that I was in a church with a bunch of seats and had my, my feet on the chair like this in front of me, just relaxed and big stained glass windows on the side. I can picture vividly right now. And it was like the end of the world. There was like fireballs falling from heaven and it was the end of the world. And I said to myself, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm good. And then I woke up next day and went downstairs and said to my mom, hey, mom, guess what I did? And I was like the bad kid, right? So she's like, what'd you do? <laughs> and my brothers uh, and my sister were right behind her there. And I told her I gave my life to Jesus. And we were hugging and crying. And I could hear my brothers in the background. They're like, what, John? He's the bad kid. And like, yeah, from that moment, I figured, okay, if God's in Australia, that's where I'm going to go. That was the only thought process I had of coming here. I didn't really check out anything. Um, my cousin did YWAM on the Gold Coast, so I was going to go and do that school. That's, I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, how much does it cost? When can I go? And so I came, came and did that. Uh, let's fast forward over the rest. But <laughs> so I got saved just, I feel like, so radically. I went to, to church that Sunday. It might have been that day, I forget. And a small church, there's probably maybe 30 people there. And they're playing, playing this um, hymn, As the Deer Pants for the Water. And I was crying louder than the whole church. Like, as loud as I could. Just ugly snot, you know, just... And my mom's crying right beside me. And, and God was just wrecking me, showing me the grossness of my life and my sin that I was living in. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I was doing. I was blinded, right? And from that day, like, I was just compelled by the Holy Spirit to make things right with every person that, that I ever wronged. And it took me a good year to find people. I came to Australia and I'm calling people from school. You got to give me this guy's number. I did this and so on. And, and when I went back after my school, I, I remember seeing a kid walking down the road that I had a fight with in school. And I just turned around on the road and stopped him and told him oh, I know Jesus now I'm just so sorry what I did and so on and it was just God's transforming power the Holy Spirit did that like I was totally a different person totally and <laughs> and fast forward 10 years I don't know more than that 13 years I was in YWAM and I led I started leading schools, went all over the world, went to Africa, all over Africa, and Thailand, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, Australia, Canada, America, everywhere. And preaching the gospel, seeing hundreds of people get saved, laying hands on the sick, seeing people recover, deaf ears open, bunch of stories. Like, I could sit here for days and talk to you about that. And all this time, it's only probably, I don't know, two years ago now, three years ago now. It's what I shared the other day. I had this revelation where I was still living in this sin, shame, repent, repeat cycle. I couldn't break it. I, I always told myself, if I could stop doing this one thing, then I would feel like I, I, I'm perfect. 
and I could never break it, never break it, never break it. Doesn't matter what I did. And no one could tell me. No one could tell me, how do I get past this? How do I get past this? And my friend came and, and told me about, he's, he just said, arms like this, I'm free. And it was like, I can't explain. Like, just this dark cloud over my life just whew, went like that. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? What, how, do, how do I do that? How do I get there? And it's the simplest answer. It's God's word. Every answer to every one of our questions is in God's word. He has all these promises that he says, all his promises are yes and amen. They're not maybe. They're not sometimes. They're not later. They're now. We have them already. But it's only when we believe those promises that we start walking it out and the manifestation of that happens. It's just, it's literally that simple. And like, okay, what are these promises? And then I started going through the word and getting all these promises and making a list like, oh my goodness, this is what God says that I am now? I'm not waiting to get there? Like peace is a big thing. A lot of people are waiting for peace or want give me prayer for peace. I don't feel peace. Peace is not a feeling, even though it has feeling, and that's awesome. So good. But peace is something that Jesus said that he left the disciples. I leave you peace. My peace, he says. God's peace is ours. Once we believe that, I, I have peace. And then I continue to believe that. <laughs> it's another thing. We have to continue. It's not, I'm not waiting to get it. That's a big thing. I'm not waiting to get these promises. I'm not waiting for the feeling. I just believe it. Move on with my day and my life and whatever. And if that enemy says, did God really say you have peace? Yes, he did. But we can just ignore that voice totally. Because we know, yeah, God's voice is good. But anyways, I'm going way off topic. <laughs> I feel like. Does anyone have any questions or any thing that comes to your mind? Just hold on a little bit yeah, to that question. I'll get right in there. All right? No, that's good. We'll get in there. Don't let me forget. I don't think I will, but that's coming in. No, oh, just what you were saying with the um, promises. Yeah. Start there, you realize 
all that other stuff was not God telling me that. He created me. It's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So good. So we've got to know the truth, and the truth will set us free. The truth of the Word of God. There is no other truth. The Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the world, you turn on the TV, it tells you what you should look like, what you should wear, what you should eat, what you should be like, where you should go. Your value is only determined on this and that. Like, all that's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, I look back and said, every time I heard something like that, I should have said, no, I don't agree with that or say something. Mm. Even after all of that that you've heard, a huge pile of words. <laughs> yeah. You just say, I agree. I just said, I agree with what the Bible says that I am. Yeah. That stuff just sounds silly. Yeah. Totally, it does. Um, does anyone know what the word salvation means? It means to be saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. So all those things. It's not just going to heaven one day. I feel like there's this... Uh, uh, this... Uh, I don't know how to, how to say it. The, the way that salvation has been promoted a lot in the last 10 years or so, or since I've been saved anyways, is that you repeat after me, you say this prayer, and then you're saved, which is not the whole truth. Does anyone get that? Because if it's simple as a confession, if it's just a confession, then you can just go and live your life and do whatever you want and forget about it. You don't need to be around other Christians or know God's word or whatever. Just, just say these words. I know that's not how it's meant when it comes out, but that's how I feel. I know a lot of people are stuck in that. And they're like, why is my life changing? I did this, I said the prayer, the sinner's prayer. So we call it, made a name for it and everything. It's not that. <laughs> so who is saved? How do you get saved? There's a good story about that in uh, Luke 19. If you wanna go there, this is a story about a guy named Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zach, let's call him Zach. Um, I'm gonna read this out of the New King James Version. So Luke 19, verse 1, I'm going to start. Uh, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. So in that time, tax collectors were like the biggest sinners. They were ripping everyone off. Everyone knew they were like bad people because they were always taking more than they, than they had to. That was a thought anyways. And Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. 
And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature, so he was a small guy. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I have taken anything from anyone, by false accusations I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So what, in that story at the end there, it says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What was lost? What was lost in Zacchaeus that he had all of a sudden? Repentance. Repent, that's good. Repentance. Repentance means he turned 180 from who he was and what he was doing, turned the other way, turned towards God, towards good. All right? That's good. Anything else? What was restored? We'll get into it more, but... Zacchaeus was the son of Abraham. So it basically means he was, he was saved. He was a son. He was a sinner. And then he became a son. He believed Jesus. He believed what he said. And... So how did, Jesus, how did Jesus know? How did Jesus know that this was true? Because he said, what did he give off? Yeah, what he said. All of a sudden, this horrible sinner, yeah, there's ripping everyone off. All of a sudden, he's different. Why? Well, God came into his house. And I'm sure he said some cool things and, and showed him who, who God was. Then all of a sudden, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm not doing this anymore. I'll give four times what I stole from anyone. Like Zacchaeus' actions showed Jesus. His words and his actions, his enthusiasm, however it was. His response was the response of a changed heart. He was changed. Right there. He didn't even have the opportunity in that moment to go and do what he said. But he said he's seen his heart. This is what's going to happen. Jesus showed up here. If I've wronged anyone, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So Jesus said, Jesus seen the heart of Zacchaeus change all of a sudden. Instantly. In a moment. Because I think... If it's a confession, if it's just something we say, what about everyone who can't talk? Are they doomed? Are they damned? Like, that sounds ridiculous, right? 
course not. Jesus is, he wants this. He wants not your physical bloody heart inside. He wants what you believe, who you are, what you can express with words. That's what he hears. That's what he, he knows who you are more than, more than you do, more than I do, you know? There's also another good story in Matthew 21 to 20. Yes. He did, you know, like he was too short, so he ran into a tree and climbed. <laughs> yeah, does anyone have, does anything, anyone catch anything from that that I didn't mention that they want to talk about? Or? Just glad an experience with the repentance side of it. Yeah. It's something I've been struggling with and thinking about for a long time. And just recently, I looked up. good repent like yeah repentance is huge what did I say Matthew 21 uh, verse 28 to 32 um, sorry 28 says but what do you think about this a man with two sons told the older son son go out and work in the vineyard today the son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyways. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus expl explained the meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, what tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. You know how that fits in there? There were two guys, he's talking to the Pharisees, I'm sure, here. And he's saying, okay, there are two sons. One said he's going to do it, and he didn't do it. And one said... 
he wasn't going to do it, and he, and he did it. And he asked him, like, so who, who actually did it? Oh, the one that did it, obviously. So he's saying to the Pharisees here, like, so you know what's right to do. So you know you actually have to do it. When the Father says something, you have to do what he says. But you don't. So, like, they knew what to do, but they didn't. John the Baptist came preaching the truth, and they didn't believe him. So what was believing to Jesus? Doing. To show your repentance, to show the change that happened in your life, it has to be walked out. It has to be. It totally, no question about it, has to be walked out. And it has to be walked out continually, all the time. And it's not this burden, not this heavy thing that, like, I have to do this. I have to go to church. I have to read my Bible. I have to, I have to go pray for someone today. I have to do this, like, because that's what Christian does. Like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about motive. I want to do this now. Like, We'll get into this next week, but the law, what everyone was in the Old Testament, compared to grace, which was after Jesus' death and resurrection, the law says, I have to do something in order to get something. So you, you have to sacrifice these animals to become clean for a time. <laughs> in the New Testament, Jesus has been sacrificed, so you are clean. It's not do to be, it's be and then do. You know who you are, therefore you do. There's another place in the Bible, it talks lots about us being trees. So either you're a good tree or a bad tree. And it says you can make a bad tree a good tree. And a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. So make a tree good and it will produce good fruit. So once we're saved, once we know Jesus, we become that good tree. And then what happens? Oh no, I, stepped, I stuffed up, I sinned, I did something that God didn't want. Does that change who we are? Does a, if an, an apple tree... I know. If, if this is an apple tree, is this apple tree trying to bear apples? Is it like, oh, I got an apple, yeah. He's not struggling. He was made for that. That's his purpose. That's, it just does it. But if this apple tree popped out an orange, that would be really weird, wouldn't it? Like, that would be crazy. It's a good tree. So we have to realize when we give ourselves to God, we are that good tree now. We are not this bad tree. But only when we believe that we are this good tree do we produce good fruit. Or else we're going to produce bad fruit and we're going to be like, man, I must be a bad tree. I must be a bad tree. But God says you're a good tree. So that's the enemy again. Did God really say that you're a good tree? Yeah, he did. He did say it. <laughs> and the more we believe that, then all of a sudden whoa, my life is just turning out the way that God says. And it's, 
Like this revelation can hit you just like that. Mm-hmm. Or it can take a little bit. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't take a long time. I'm not talking years or months or anything like that. You guys are all here because you want to learn about God. You want to get to know God more. That's the purpose of Christianity. And Jesus, you know what Jesus' definition of salvation is? It's in John 17, 3. It says, and this is the way to have eternal life. Okay? This is how you do it. Black and white. This is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who you sent to earth. So Jesus' definition of salvation was to know God and to know Jesus. He didn't mention anything about saying words or... Once you know God, like when I was growing up, when I was younger, that was like, you can't know God. God's unknowable. No, he's too big. He's this and that. Like his word, he says that his word... It's above his name. He can't go back on what he said in his word. That's eternal. He says that will last forever. His word will never, ever fade away. So that was John 17, 3. This is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So knowing God. That, isn't that, is that, has anyone heard that? Like, I, have, I didn't hear that for a long time. Said, so, and this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. And Joe, tell me why we get to know him just by reading his word and yeah. just having a relationship like with, with us here. Like yeah. Yeah. And like our, it, if we, if we as Christians just come to a church on Sunday, okay, and and that's the totality of our Christianity. We come to a, we come to a place on Sunday to hear God's word for twenty, thirty minutes, have some worship, have some fellowship. And then you've got six days a week when the world's screaming at you. You're not getting into God's word. You're not spending time with him. You're not worshiping yourself. All this stuff, you're going to be very confused. And you're going to have a lot of questions and not going to have many answers. Because it's everything outside of God is trying to tell you that you're something else that God says. And like... I can't, I don't even know, I don't track it or anything, how many hours or days or months or years or wherever that, that I spend with God, like, on purpose. That's what I shared the other week when I was preaching, like, you know you can be in a room. I can be in a room with my wife and not be there. You know what I mean? I can be on my phone, I can be working, I can be doing whatever. And, like, I'm, she's in the room, but we're not communicating we're not there's no intimate fellowship 
And that's the most important thing with God. Just be on purpose. You don't have to do anything. Just, be, just sit in your room or wherever you are and say, God, I'm here. Talk to me. You talk to him. You can do whatever. You can put on music or a message or whatever you want, but on purpose time. And then that, like, it's all the time. It can be every second that you think of it. Oh, God, you're here now. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for giving your life. Thanks for doing all these amazing things for me. Thanks for blessing me today. Thanks for this and that. Thanks for my family, whatever. You can be sitting on the toilet for 30 seconds and have a great time with God. Like, I'm serious. Like, some people, that, that's hard. Like, I don't have time to worship God. I don't have time to be with God. Like, God's with you all the time. You don't have to open your mouth. You come to realization, oh, yeah, God's here. He's like, oh, yes, my son, my daughter. Thank you for spending quality, intimate time with me, you know? And that's, that's the purpose of our life. Like, yeah. That's like to have 
to have a life that Jesus says you can live, to walk the way he says you can walk, it takes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like everything else. He wants 100% of you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want 10%. Mm -hmm. He wants 100% of your money. He wants 100% of your time, 100% of your relationship, 100% of your mind space, your eye gate, everything. It takes you, I'm not gonna watch movies anymore. I'm not gonna watch this show anymore. That hour that I always watch, I'm gonna spend that purposefully with you. In the shower, I'm gonna be on purpose hanging out with you, God. Like. I've done so many things in, in my years, like I'm not doing this anymore, I get rid of these things on my phone that take away my time, or whatever it is. It has to be on purpose, or just, I'm sorry to say, you will never get where you wanna go, because those things will rob your time, and you'll be like Martha and Mary. You know that story in the Bible, and Martha's fixing the house Jesus coming over she's making the meal doing whatever and Martha or Mary's there sitting by her Jesus feet Martha's like Jesus tell Mary to come and help me and Jesus like she picked the right thing to do you are worrying about a lot of things I'm not going to take this away from her Martha's like it's like she's hosting the son of God right? and she's doing what she thinks is best right and Jesus is like, no, you got it backwards. Just come and be with me. He didn't need anything. He wasn't going to complain if there's no food. Like, it was just... John, can I ask you, what is your image of God? Is it an older person? Is it a young child? Or... No idea. I haven't really ever when thought you, of it. When you speak, when you pray to God, you imagine... I mean, I've got great devotion to They call him Jesus of Christ. Okay. And that was his image when he was a child. Okay. And I, he just was amazing. Yeah. And that's who I try to speak to God. But I can imagine God is an older person sitting in the chair waiting oh, for Totally. That. I just imagine, wondering if you had any image of Jesus. Not really. I don't think ever. I just see, I don't know, a, the human figure of light, I guess. I don't know. You don't see a face or anything in not really, unless I see a picture someone drew of Jesus or something that I'd <laughs> picture yeah. that, but no, not really. I know, yeah, other people have different oh. views, but yeah, like all is right, no one really knows. God is God. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. I'm just going to read uh, I found like this was a really good explanation of salvation in uh, Ephesians 2 mm-hmm. I'm just going to read 1 to 10 in the NLT version it says Ephesians, Ephesians? Oh, 
chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. And I'm reading in the NLT version. Mm-hmm. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. See, that's the bad news, and then comes the good news. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead, along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us, who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Isn't that just incredible? Like, it's, it's just there. Ephesians 2, like, everyone can read it. <laughs> you know? Like, he's like, you were here. We all lived like the devil and like the world. And then Jesus came, and he saved us by his grace when we believed him. So you don't know what to believe. You can't believe him until you know what to believe. And when you know what to believe, then you can make that choice. Salvation is a choice. I choose now that I believe who Jesus was and and what he did. So you have to know who he was and what he did. Right? Jesus said salvation is knowing God. What did Jesus do? Jesus came to this earth, born of a virgin, which is a miracle in itself. Holy Spirit came into this into this girl and she bore a son named Jesus, and he was the Son of God. And he lived his life as a man as a man and he had to come into this world as a man because only man like mankind was stuck in sin okay because of Adam the Bible says that Adam sinned in the beginning and therefore everyone became sinners because of that because we all came from his line and passed down so Jesus came and he lived life as a man, sinless. He never sinned once. Completely perfect, 
was never selfish, ever. He was tempted, though, wasn't he? He was tempted in all things. And can God be tempted? No. God can't be tempted, but Jesus was tempted. So, Jesus was 100% man when he was on this earth. He had, he got baptized by John in water, and then what happened? Holy Spirit came on him, right, in power. And then he walked out and did all his miracles and ministry and preaching and teaching. All that same stuff that went, happened to Jesus happens to us. He was our example to walk exactly like he walked. Exactly. And I can show you a couple of scriptures later on where it says that's what we're supposed to do. Walk and talk like Jesus and be like Jesus. He's our example. So he came and did that. And he died on a cross because he was the sacrifice that had to happen in the Old Testament they sacrificed these goats and lambs and, and calves and everything for a covering of sin yeah and they were innocent innocent lambs right innocent lambs this was the way it had to be for the covering of sin at best Right? It never went away. Your sin was always there. It was a constant reminder of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like a constant... You're constantly thinking, sin, 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 sin. Every day, every year, every moment, you've got to pay for this lamb. Everything's about sin. They didn't have any freedom, did they? No freedom. They couldn't. They were constantly bombarded by the sin. And God set up this thing for them to remind them of, of their horrible sin and that there's no way you can ever get out of it. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus no came. One that no one can get out of it. No. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came. Mm-hmm. He was, the Bible says, he was the spotless lamb. John the Baptist, seen him walking down the Jordan, he said, Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was that lamb, but he was a man. And he died perfectly, faultlessly, just like that perfect lamb. He was the perfect lamb. And because (laughs) he died there, we all of a sudden had the opportunity to be a son and a daughter. And we could be just like him if we believed in him, if we believed in him. So, salvation, in a nutshell, is a choice to believe what Jesus did. He lived a life with all the temptations that we have perfectly. Took the world's sin, all of our sin. So, obviously, everything in the future, because he died and rose way before we were born. Right? So that means everything you'll ever do, everything you're doing, and everything you've ever done mm-hmm. is in that box of sin, which is gone, mm-hmm. if we believe. And if we ask for forgiveness. Yeah. So when we, when we come to this knowledge, okay, Jesus did all this, what do I do then? Your choice to believe him shows, okay, God, I see the wretchedness of of my sin I'm sorry for what I did 
I don't want to do it anymore. If I had the choice to do it over again, I wouldn't do it. That's repentance. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to restore your sonship. He didn't come and die and rise again because you're a horrible sinner. Okay? If you have a... Oh, what's a good example? Okay. Um, This water bottle. How much would this water bottle be worth? A dollar. Okay, and this, this iPad, what is this worth? hundred. hundred, okay? hundred times what this is, right? So why would you pay more for this than this? Its value is greater, right? It's, it's worth more. So think of this. Jesus died for you, in you, in you, personally. God himself came down to earth and died for you personally. Are you of great value or are you some horrible sinner? We didn't know who we were. We were destined to be sons and daughters of God, to be right with him. That's who he created us for, to be. And we forgot that through sin. We couldn't see it. And he came and says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love everyone. And I'm willing to die for you so that you can come back into this. That's what Jesus did. And then when we believe that, we make a decision in our hearts. And that's it. And then everything else comes, which is incredible. I'm not saying Jesus is going to give you a million dollars and give you a mansion and, and grant your what, whatever, give you your wife back or your husband back or anything. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that in the midst of all that stuff, you will have peace. You will have joy. You will have expectation. You will have hope. You will have all this stuff. And that you can walk like Jesus walked in the midst of that. He just didn't have a perfect life, and he's not promising a perfect life for anyone. He's actually saying that if you follow him, if you do what he says, you will be persecuted. He promises that people will be against you. It's not so, he didn't like say, oh, please come, please come. Oh, like doing whatever it takes to get people saved. He shared the truth and then some people came, some people didn't. He spread the seed of the word of God. Some people came, some people didn't. And I always find it incredible that when, when someone shares the gospel so that ears can hear, that people aren't bombarding that person and on their face and doing whatever it takes to get what, what God says they can get because we're here because we want to learn. There's a bunch of empty chairs. You guys are here on purpose. You want to learn. <laughs> you want to grow in God. We want to grow in God. No one else, if none of us were saved, no one else here can make a decision. So, I mean, there's a couple hours left to go, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, does that make sense? Did I answer your question? What's the question that you have that, you have that I didn't answer? Or what? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't. When you say that makes sense, it's like, no, not to my head. Like, it's just so beautiful. Mm. Okay.
Okay, so have you made that decision? No. That's why. And there's a really, I mean, I don't want to go into it, but it's, I come from non-duad, I don't know whether you've heard of non-duality, it's so hard to come from that to, to this, and it, I just find it hard to go, okay, well, I just don't believe it, it's like, it's weird. Yeah, I hear you, <laughs> but I can tell you, you're not going to understand until you make that choice. You just won't. Like, if you think about it, it's so crazy. You make a choice in your heart to believe there's only one God. And I want you to come and live inside me and change my life. Only then does God come inside you and change your life and change your mind by the renewing of, renewing of your mind by the word. So that's focal point the first thing that's why I thought about salvation today like we can't go anywhere without that that's the first step and there's like we're as Christians, we're called to live by faith, okay? Yeah. So we can't see, we can't feel sometimes, you know? Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. But don't expect that to happen. It's a choice. That's it. How are you guys feeling? Too young. Basically, I was just the same cycle of just, just self-destruction. Yeah. And then, I, so my, my, my dad's a Hare Krishna. Yeah. And mum grew up in the Catholic church, but she's not very solid with, she gets into astrology and whatever else. Um, so I was pretty confused growing up. And then, yeah, couldn't really cope. Basically went into a bit of a downhill spiral after high school, and then last year got into a head-on car crash with a drunk driver on the highway yeah. at about 100 plus k an hour, mm. and that was just yeah could have died. Probably shouldn't be here, but somehow I am. And then a month later met Hannah, and I kind of realised that I needed to change a fair bit. Had a lot of guilt come from previous scenes before, you know, and that was just started to kind of pop its head up again, and it got really, it tested us pretty, pretty hard, um, and then we made this, like I made consciously made a decision to open, open my heart mm-hmm. after a bit of time. So it took it took a while for me, yeah, but and then we had prayer last week. We like everything you're saying does click it mm. makes sense it just mm. once you feel it um, yeah it does change a lot so you do yeah. that um, but in saying sorry to interrupt I'm just saying with you in saying that when we first started 
seeing each other, you were very anti-Christian. Yeah. Um, so. A bit close minded. Mm. Wasn't ready to kind of. I wasn't really. I'm not so much ready. I just kind of refused. But you yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, but like I'm. I just want to encourage you. I just felt like in my heart then to to test God and I don't know like like I've I've had a lot of. Um, like the last year, I had an eating disorder and I had a lot of struggles, like emotionally and mentally. And I felt I came to very a point where I was very angry with God, and I had to. I just, you know, I'm a very strong Christian. I reached a very low point. I was just like, you know, very angry with God, and I had to. Yeah, so I just want to encourage you that. It's not test God, but you know, yeah, reach out to God and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he he'll answer you. I, I don't know, I don't know your journey, but yeah. I know he loves you and he will. He you know he leaves. You know that verse that he leaves the ninety nine for that one. So you know he'll come. You know he loves you and yeah, yeah. It's it's not that I don't believe. It's not, yeah. it's not that. It's okay. Just, It might sound harsh, but until we make that decision, yeah. it's always mm-hmm. going to be confusing. The Bible is a narrow path. There's a one one view. That's it. Yeah, and that's the hard bit because it comes from so many different. I totally understand. Your mind's filled with it all, right? More than not, you know. I don't want it to be on the unbeliever. There's no shame. There's no shame on you because of your past or any of that stuff. Yeah, we are all there. Everyone's there. sounds 
simple for me, but maybe for you it's still hard to accept that. No, no, it's not. It's yeah. just the he bit. It's like, not the he, not the he, the she. It's no. just that as an identity, as a he, it's a back to being a he. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Like, regardless of my story or your story, anyone's story, we were sinners. We made a choice. And then we became everything that God said we are. Is that sinners. point? We are, we are still sinners because we're not perfect. We'll get into that. <laughs> we're not sinners anymore. We were sinners. Yeah. And now we're righteous sons and daughters of God. Yes, we are. That's right. We, we still can. see. I find that statement is, is, you know, it's a constant thing that, you know, I, yeah. I can even be in church and be so full of the Spirit and so good. And then all of a sudden there'll be this like moment of thought of, and it's like, mm. go away. Mm. I'm like, I'm here. And I'm Let me ask you this. Is that you? Or is, or is that the snake? Mm. Well, I think it's the snake. But yeah. Is it me? So you're not <laughs> sinning then? No, no, I'm not sinning. But I just find, yeah, that's true. Got me, John? Yeah, that's true. So that helps. It's great. Because, yeah, I do. I, you know, the world is so busy and there are so many people that make, Demands on certain people, mm. like, and you yeah. allow that to happen. Like, I even go, no, I'm not doing it, but I, yeah, like, it. you know, if you're doing it, yeah, of course. Oh. but if it's coming, you're like, oh, get out of here, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm serious. That you shows just... that you've changed. Oh, you don't want true. that. No. Your motive is different yeah. Yeah. than it was. Yeah. And the so devil will always try to convince you, you're still the sinner. Yes. No, just I, I messed up, that doesn't define who I am what God says defines who I am like we grow we grow keep growing keep knowing more oh I messed up because the Bible says if we walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh you won't sin so if we can just do that all the time you won't sin so we're not sinners doomed to sin even though we're Christians it's awesome <laughs> It's really good. You go fourteen, we'll just double it. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, what'd you get? I mean, there's there's so 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 much more, but it, it's. Almost nine o'clock, right? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Really good. It's about, you know, just getting.
getting that foundation and you want to um send yeah I can send yeah I might get everyone to write down their details if they want notes however you want it I mean I'll put my iPad here if anyone wants notes they can write their email or something on here phone number whatever but just one other thing before